Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Transplant's Take on Sport. My name's Lewis Daniels and joining me on the podcast today is a fighter in more ways than one. It's kidney transplant recipient and Thai boxing fighter and teacher, Reese Owen. As someone relatively new to the transplant world, we talked about how he's taken the determination and discipline from Thai boxing into transplant life, his impressive fighting achievements, his plans for the future and much more. Please stick around for what is a great listen and a chat I definitely learnt things from. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not press subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. Reese Owen, welcome to Transplant's Take on Sport. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Lewis. Not too bad. What about yourself? Very good, thank you. We start. We're hoping there's some normality coming back soon. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so, on that topic, you're you're fairly new to the transplant world. You had your transplant earlier this year, didn't you? Do you want to tell us when that was? Yeah, it was the the third of February. So, um, COVID had just hit in December, um, and you know, I knew I was going into hospital. It was supposed to be scheduled for the end of January, but it was pushed back a week. Um, and uh, COVID was all really new. We weren't sure how it was going to affect us. Um, luckily, it, you know, the, the, the operation was great. At post, there was a there was some issues, which I'll, I can go on to in a minute. But I suppose rolling back, really, um, I had a transplant from my sister. Um, I, do, you want me to, I, do you want me to talk about the... Yeah, we may as well go you, straight on to it, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sure. Matt. I'll just ramble on otherwise. <laughs> You lead me like a good, a good shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. So we'll start with your, we'll go back to before your transplant. Yeah. When did you first find out you had kidney problems? It was when I was 21. I'd uh, left university and uh, I'd, I'm not sure if you've been to university, but you, you do tuck away a few beers and occasionally put on a bit of weight and I put on a bit of weight. So I wanted to join a local gym um, just to shed some of the pounds. Um, when I went to the gym, there was a, a good lady, I can't remember her name now, but I must really thank her. She took my blood pressure um, before joining. And I've been to other gyms and they've never done that. But I had my blood pressure taken and she said, 
wow, that's that's really high. So she took it again and said, no, that is really high. I think before you join the gym, I, I would recommend that you go to the doctors. So I went to the doctors and a couple of tests later, yeah, it turns out I'd had CKD and turns out I'd had it all my life. I think that sounds similar to me. I was at university when I was diagnosed. I was, oh, I'd just nice. turned 19. Yeah. Um, and similar to you, someone else who spotted the first signs. Yeah. Uh, my One of my lecturers spotted that, um, and a student actually spotted my ankles and legs were really swollen or beyond regular swelling. I've always had ankle problems anyway and thought it could be some sort of fluid that I went to the doctor's. And then from there, they noticed my blood pressure was sky high like yours. So it sounds a similar story. Young person who's had it all their life. Yeah, it's incredible, really. The, the well, the fact that you can have these sort of underlying symptoms and not even know, and it's almost quite scary, really, to think that if you know your uh, your friends and lecturer haven't picked up on your ankles, I'm not sure why they're staring at your ankles, but that's a different. Physio degree. Oh well, there we go. Yeah, that helps. I thought it was some lecturer sort of. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll <laughs> skip over that. Um, and and the the woman in the gym checking my blood pressure. You know, we could have gone round for years without knowing. Um, I, I was quite. I'm almost thankful in a way that I'd found out about it post university because I think if I'd have known about it when I was in university or or as a child, um, I just think it would have shaped who I am completely differently and you know we wouldn't be having this conversation today about sport um because well I don't know I just don't think I would have taken part in it as I have done it's good that you've been able to do your your sport you said with the transplant you had earlier this year and your sister was the donor when did that sort of process start when did you start working up towards um donation so I'm th- I had it when I was 30 God, that's the thing when you get old you can't remember your age when I was 32 I'm 33 now I'm sure um and I had the workup done I think it was when I was just creeping into stage five um probably about oh I want to say about five years ago up at the up at Royal Liverpool and initially my mum my older sister and my brother stepped forward um to be tested and unfortunately they they couldn't I think their, their EGFR was a little bit lower than what the doctors would have liked. And my sister, who did donate, was a, a bit too young at the time. So, um, yeah, roll forward a few years. She was a bit older. And, yeah, she stepped forward and said she'd love to do it. So I'm really thankful. So with the sort of planned workup as you entered stage five, did you manage to av- avoid dialysis? Yes. Yeah, just about. So last, uh, last when was it? Last July. I had a PD tube put in. I had a cut and cover, cut and cover, sorry. So I've actually got the tube in there. And I've still got it in there, in there now, but it's it's sort of tucked under the skin. So you can't see it. You can feel it, but you can't see it. But no, luckily I, I avoided uh, dialysis. So with the, the tube that's inside, are there any plans for that to come out or is that just going to stay there? Um, to be? I think with some of the complications post-transplant, uh, the, the doctors did initially want to leave it in there until I stabilised. Um, thankfully, I've stabilised now, uh, so hopefully we get out, uh, well, not this year, but uh, sometime next year, hopefully. Very nice step forward. Yeah. Do you mind if we touch on the complications a little bit? Some people might be interested in yeah, what of might course. be and how you got I'm, through it. 
Ask me anything, Lewis, honestly. So what happened was um, my sister, it was an ABO incompatible um, donation. So it was pretty much perfect apart from my sister was a, a different blood type. So I had to go in for about a week and a half before the transplant operation to have what's called uh, immunoabsorption treatment. So I had a neckline put in about a fortnight before, and then I had about, it's probably about eight or nine of these immunoabsorption treatments, similar, very similar to dialysis, um, where you, you're on a machine for, I think I was on a, on a machine for up to five hours at a time. And essentially it was taking out all the antibodies that would um, attack the, the ABO incompatible kidney. Um, and then post-transplant, uh, my, my body was attacking it anyway. Um, I, the doctors, I mean, the function wasn't doing anything for about two weeks. Um, you know, the doctors were looking, looking into it and they thought it would either be um, AHUS, which is a sort of blood disorder, or they thought it would just need kickstarting with a drug called Eclusimab. Uh, right. And because I'm Welsh and I had the operation done in uh, Liverpool, they had to write to the, the Welsh Assembly government to uh, to get the drug. Um, thankfully, they got it. They give me four doses of it. And again, that was just an inf infusion of, of uh, drugs over about uh, an hour or so. And the kidney started kicking into life. But in that two week period between having the transplant and having the uh, eclusimab, um, the body was just attacking the kidney. So there is it's damaged at the moment and currently my my EGFR is about uh, mid 40s and the uh, creatinine's probably about 150 ish but you know it's it's better than I've a better kidney function than I've ever known it so uh, you know I can't complain really because that's the that's the main thing it's better than before it's very similar to mine right uh, my I think I'm my last test was in October and I think my creatinine was I think it was 125. So my, my EGFR is up in, I think it's in the 50s. But it's still, 40 is very good still, as far as I'm aware. Well, yeah. I mean, as when I was diagnosed at uh, age 21, I, I think it was, my EGFR was 25. And the creatinine must have been, you know, up in the 200s. So it's better than I've, I've ever known it, to be honest. it's It wasn't perfect. And, you know, it did, when you're lying in a hospital bed and your numbers aren't moving, um, certainly not moving in a good direction you know it can get to you a bit but um, you know thankfully it uh, it turned it around with the uh, the wonder drugs so yeah when did you have your transplant by the way mine was July 2019 so not too long before yours and my mum donated oh nice. I think I mentioned in the last episode yeah so um, it's fairly similar similar sort of story similar path from young people being diagnosed with kidney disease progress into a live donor transplant and you still you're all stable now aren't you yeah yeah it's, it's sort of hovering in the in the 40s um i don't know if it's going to get any better but um like yeah i can't complain at all so we'll go back to the your sister who donated and you told me this week she's a triathlete did she, she... is sorry yeah it'd be great to have her on as well i'm sure we might be able to talk that out at some point did she change her training in any way leading up to the transplant to prepare to donate? Um, no, no, she didn't. She just carried on training like a, a, a mad woman. Um, and actually post-transplant, she's seen that uh, she's felt fitter than ever, to be honest, which is, you know, fitter than 
even before the, the transplant, uh, despite her being possibly a bit one-sided, having one kidney now. But uh... so she's still she's back into sort of fairly normal or normal. She can be training now. Yeah, yeah, as as normal as it can be given the uh, given COVID. Yeah, but health-wise, no, she's uh, she says she's felt better than better than ever. My mum's got back to dancing, so it shows donors. If you, if anyone is going to donate to a relative, a friend, whoever it might be, you can go back to normal life after, and life does go on. You can continue doing what you love to do, back to work, back to training. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and if anyone has got parents, friends or whatever, considering uh, donating, I'd, I'd definitely more than happy to put them in touch with my sister. I'm sure you'd be more than happy to put them in touch with your mum, but absolutely. it can be quite... Um, worrying for some people can't in the foot the thought of it because it's a major operation but uh, i think if you speak to other donors you know you get uh, a whole new perspective on it really it's got its obviously it's got its risks everything has but most people do as far as i'm aware anyway do come through it and do it very well and they are successful afterwards Absolutely. as we've had similar stories and we've both had family members donate i wanted to have a brief chat about the tissue licensing meeting, if you remember it, where you go into a room with the sort of licensing <laughs> people and discuss it. Yeah. So myself and my mum were both sort of taken aback by some of the questions because I sort of struggled to answer some of them, my mum especially. Cause they asked, um, why would you like to donate a kidney to Lewis? I sort yeah. of stumbled. and was like, oh, he's my son. I'd like to keep him going, give him the best <laughs> life as possible. Did you and your sister have similar conversations about struggling to answer those or finding it difficult to put into words why uh, it was happening? No, I don't think we struggled to put it into words, but we we both we were well prepped by um, by the uh, the transplant nurse uh, or the pre-transplant nurse over at Royal Liverpool as to what to expect. But when we were both there, we both felt like it was... I think my sister went in first and then I went in second and then you both go in together, I believe, from what I remember. You, but you feel like even though you're telling your story and your reasons why, you're feeling almost like you've got to convince them or yeah. you've got to pretend you're not fibbing, even though you're, you are telling the truth. It's, uh, it's really, really strange. Uh, but no, in terms of the questions, no, we were just hoping we were saying the right answer we were the same it's, as you say trying to sort of you feel like you're convincing yourself and other people why why you're going through with it but i think it's something that any family member would do for someone else in their family we said afterwards when we'd finished and we were walking out the hospital if it was the other way around we'd give pretty much the same answers as the other person gave and we'd be happy to donate to the other one well yeah yeah and I mean, I can see why some people might not want to, but yeah, certainly for a mother and son, I can I can see why. Um, for my sister, I obviously didn't I didn't pick on pick on her too much when we were growing up, so uh, she was still happy to donate. But there you go, it's paid off. It's paid off. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, how does how's life compared for you before and after your transplant? Did you notice a almost an immediate difference or a quick difference? Maybe not with sort of taking a while to get going again. But have you noticed the difference in your health before and after? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I think it's uh, probably, a, you know, a couple of months afterwards or a, probably even a month afterwards, I was noticing that I wasn't needing to go for naps and stuff like that. So 
beforehand uh, you know I've got three young children I might get up with the children and then have to have a kip at 11 or 12 o'clock you know what this is on a weekend and um yeah I feel a, a lot less tired and you know more more alive really um but it seems to be other people that notice it more so my partner really notices it I speak to my grandma the other day she says you know I look better than I've ever looked and it's other people I find that notice how well you are I found that as well people saying that your eyes look brighter or skin looks clearer mine cleared up fairly quickly after and I don't know about you but I sort of saw the world in a new light saw houses that I didn't realize were there before when we were driving to the hospital really wow that's quite a uh, revelation (laughs) maybe it's just being more alert more awake and more sort of appreciation for life yeah, no, I can definitely see being more awake, yeah, and being more being more with it and switched on. Um, I think when you're when you're at the stage you're at when you need a transplant, you sort of have to devote all your energy, your mental energy, to focusing on specific tasks. Whereas you know when you've had a transplant and it, and it's going well, then yeah, you can you can take everything and you've got a lot more energy for everything else, haven't you? Exactly. Speaking of more energy. We'll go to before your transplant and your sport, which I've not had much experience of seeing. I've watched some boxing fights, big fights, and the odd UFC fight. But you're you're a Thai boxer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, I probably started training when I was about fourteen, I think it was. So you know, nineteen years ago. I've been doing it on and off ever since, really. Um, I got into it really because I, me and my best friend, I think his older brother had done one or two lessons that it was good. So we thought we'd uh, we'd have a go as well, and uh, yeah, it sort of all snowballed from that really. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not uh, you know I'm not an aggressive person. I'm not competitive as in you know I like to go around punching and kicking people. But uh, no, it's a fantastic sport for fitness. So is it more the fitness that you? you loved straight away or the, the sparring combat element to it? No, I'll be, I'll be totally honest. I've never really been massively keyed on sparring, you know, or spar because it gets you better. And, um, but it's, for me, it was really about the, the fitness and the technique and yeah, it, well, yeah, it's mainly it's, that really spurred me on to do it. It's quite, I imagine it's quite intense training, isn't it? Oh Yeah. Certainly when you're in when you're in a fight camp and you're getting yourself ready for fights, it's you know, you've got to focus one hundred percent on on that because you know someone at the other side is doing the same and he wants to punch and kick you, so <laughs> it's quite intense, yeah. <laughs> for those who might not know much about Thai boxing, how would you describe it? I tend to describe it as kickboxing, which most people understand, but with um elbows and knees. And a, a bit of clinching as well, which is where you're sort of hugging almost, st- standing up and you're trying to knee each other and uh, yeah, make each other cry a bit. So, <laughs> I watched one of your fights that you sent me in the week. and It's brutal. Uh, I wouldn't have the, the bottle to do it. Uh, <laughs> have you found you get injured a lot when you've been fighting? Um. Yeah, so well, if I go back to when I when I started fighting, um, I started fighting. I think it was 
the beginning of 2018. So I'd been teaching it for a, uh, you know, a, a number of years. And then I thought, you know, I've, with my kidney disease progressing how it was, I, I knew it was going to lead to a transplant. I think it was already stage five when I decided I would fight. And I just thought if I was teaching it, you know, I should really live it and, and experience fights for myself. And I thought with my, I knew post-transplant, I would never get the opportunity to do it again. So that's why I started doing it. Um, uh, but in terms of getting injured, uh, yeah, my last fight, which was just before the PD tube operation. So my last fight was the 22nd of June, 2019. I actually broke uh, three bones in my foot. So not my toes, but in the actual foot itself. Um which is part of the reason why I wanted to have the PD operation then anyway, because I was, I was off my feet with a broken foot. Yeah. I'd get that done at the same time, you know, may as well get all the, all the jabs and needles in at the same time. So, but no, you, you can get injured, uh, but thankfully I've only had that one injury. So the, the fight you sent me, was that when you were in stage five kidney disease? Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, well, all my, all my fights have been stage five. Yeah. That's very impressive. Got to take my hat off because it look it's, it looks like it takes a lot of energy to do it. And the fact yeah. you've done it in stage five and one is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I wish I'd have started uh, a few years ago, but my, my record that I finished with was two wins, no losses and two draws. So I'll take that. Uh, you know, it's not many fights, but like you say, you've, when you've got to devote so much energy and time to it. Um, yeah. Something to be proud of. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with it. I'm really glad I did it as well. Um, as I say, I, I just knew that I was going to have the transplant and that I wasn't going to get the opportunity again. So it was something I, on my bucket list I definitely wanted to do. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah. So we're going to your teaching a bit now. When did you start doing that? Um, so I started teaching in, uh, I finished university, lost a little bit of weight. I think, I think it was 2010 I started teaching. I probably taught for about three or four years. I, I moved over to, to where I live now, uh, over in uh, northwest Wales in Bangor. And then I picked it up again in 2017. So probably all in all, it's probably about yeah six or seven years of, of teaching. And now leading up to your transplant, the fighting and teaching, and with you knowing a transplant is coming, how important did that become mentally? Um, you mean the knowing the transplant was coming? So that how um, how important was the the training, the fighting, the teaching? for you leading up to it sort of knowing you've got this sort of stress reliever energy burn and that sort of thing it was uh, well again it just put the fighting into perspective really i just thought right i've got to get it done knowing i'm getting a transplant because i will never get to do it again i knew i was going to get a kidney in the fr- in you know in the in the lower ab- abdomen at the front and i just knew i would never ever be able to take an impact again so you know it was it really, really did spur me on to to train really hard and make sure I left no stone unturned. It was almost like, uh, you know, Rocky montages I had going around in my head. <laughs> That's how I felt my training was like. But uh, So you, you've taken that determination forward into the, the transplant process and even now going forward the rest of living with the transplant, weren't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it did teach me. It taught me a lot about myself, really, in terms of, you know, resilience and being really determined to get something done. Um, so that, you know, fighting, it, it was an achievement. But for me, yeah, I think definitely the realisation of that I could do it and that I was resilient and I could be really determined was were two big lessons that I've taken forward. Yeah. Do you, you might have the discipline now as well to know, right, I've got to do this with a transplant. I've got to take this medication. I've got to sort of live this way, look after yourself, that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, as I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people, you have to take your medications at two specific times of the day. Yeah. I'm always bang on those times of the day. I've I've got an app which records how much fluid I drink and I always drink four and a half litres a day. And uh, yeah. I mean, outside of my uh, the kidney transplant and the and the training, my life can be a little bit chaotic. But those two things, uh, you know, I make sure are, are well organised. And for anyone who's who's also had a transplant, what's the app you've been using for the the water tracking? I know a lot of people might might benefit from that. It's called Hydro Coach, and I think someone actually on the ward in uh, in the Royal Liverpool actually suggested that. I think it might have been one of the nurses actually. But yeah, Hydro Space Coach. I'll have a look at that because it's useful to track. I'm doing it on my notes at the moment. Just sort of oh, really? deleted what I've drank, typed it all in. I'm still doing that. And for medication, I don't know if you've heard of this one. There's an app called MediSafe, or one word. No, and I've not can, heard of that one. It reminds you when to take them and then so that you don't forget that you've taken them. I know you might be getting this as well now. When it becomes second nature and a few hours later, you might go, oh, did I actually take them? 
and you can you can tick them off as you go right. through. So that's been useful. So if anyone wants wants to download that, it's not an advert. Um, MediSafe. Check that out, definitely. So back back onto your your teaching. You've got your own. Do you own your own gym? No. So uh, I I met a, a fellow who, who also does uh, Thai boxing. He does boxing as well. I uh, met him in early 2017 uh, in in a gym, just a, you know a normal weights gym. And he said he was looking to set something up. So asked if I'd uh, coach with him. So uh, yeah, that, that's what we're doing at the moment. Is he's the owner and I sort of uh, do coaching for him. Oh, nice. So, and at the moment, this year has been a, a tough one for all for everyone, especially people like us who are more vulnerable and have to stay inside a lot. Yeah. Has this year affected your your teaching your business in terms of both you being vulnerable and maybe having to be more careful than you normally would? Um, and also the restrictions that were put in, maybe forcing you to close at certain times. Yeah, so it's it was been it been closed really from uh, March, and I think we opened again back in September. Um, but to be totally honest, perfect for me because I've I've changed my career this year as well as having the transplant. But I I just needed that time up until from the transplant up until September to you know get myself fit again get myself well and then get myself fit again to teach so for me it's been ideal but in terms of the the gym itself you know it's it's lost revenue and uh, and yeah it's had to close had to close a couple of times now we've actually had a, a local restriction in Bangor um where we had to close for two weeks and then we had to follow in in line with the welsh restrictions and close again um so yeah it's been a bit of a torrid year for the training um but for me it's been uh, it's been ideal as bad as that sounds. <laughs> so the lockdown, in terms of recovery from transplant, sort of been a, a blessing in disguise. It has, yeah. Yeah, like you say, because we're so vulnerable, we couldn't mix, really. I just had to um, get my own training done at home, you know, do a bit of road work and a bit of bit of other things on a bag. And um, But no, it's been been perfect for me. I can't complain. So I suppose a lot of people have found that. They've been able to sort of reevaluate their life, focus on maybe on themselves more on their own personal goals. And yeah. then once everything does sort of go back to normal, you can take that into whatever you do and sort of power forward with it. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a financial planner by trade and I found that as well, that a lot of taking their time to, you know, reassess their life and their sort of financial plans. But it's the same with, with the fitness as well. You know, people, a lot of people I've spoken to have, I've really thought about getting into the fitness or getting some routine in in their life. So I know it's been uh, it's been good for it's been bad for a lot of people. Don't get me wrong, but it's been good in in other ways for a lot of people as well. Of course, well, with, uh, as you say, some people will have benefited, but a lot of people will have suffered with it. Absolutely, I, I, you know, I'm only t- talking from my own personal experience, and I do feel bad when I say that it's been good for me because I know how hard it's been for a lot of other people. But uh, yeah, from my point of view, it's been been okay. And when you are in the gym teaching, since you transplant, have you found you've had to adapt your sessions in any way? Um, not adapt the sessions, no. But I've had to adapt what I do within those sessions. So in those sessions, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen from the video and possibly other videos you've seen, you've got to sort of hold pads close to you or take take kicks to the yeah. to the stomach to the side and stuff like that, or take knees stomach and it's 
with the transplant they're just things that you cannot do at all so uh, you know i'm not sparring anymore um i'm not pad holding um as as much more certainly not pad holding how i would usually pad hold um but in terms of the teaching you know it's i'm really conscious that i don't want to i don't want to let my what i perceive as my limitations creep into what i'm teaching if you see what i mean i still want everyone to to be able to um experience and learn the full the full uh, genre if it as it were pad holding was as you mentioned was something i was going to specifically ask you about so the ones you've i did a bit of taekwondo when i was younger so this is might be a bit loose but um have you so i'm presuming the ones you've stopped are the big the ones that you wear it's the ones that you wear but it's also the um, you can get what are called tie pads which sort of you hold them and it's a rectangular a thick rectangular pad that goes from your hand down to roughly about your elbow and that's i mean Thai boxing a lot of it is about um power getting hard shots in um and you're holding the pads you have to hold them right you know your elbows tucked in and hold them to your side and you're taking right. big impacts and you definitely feel it through the pads um but yeah it's the pads that you wear and also some of the pad work where anyone's likely in the stomach area yeah that makes sense uh, i do exactly the same so if you sort are you focusing maybe more on as when you said you don't want to let it affect other people but are you leaning more towards fitness aspect um no in terms of the teaching no no i'm really i'm still you know we're still gearing people up for for fights and sparring and things like that but in terms of my own training yeah it's definitely more about um fitness and you know i can still whack the pads as hard as uh, as hard as i could before it's just i can't really hold them for other people yeah but at least you can still you can still do it yourself yeah yeah and and go, just going back to what we were talking about sparring sparring keeps you sharp you know it stops you being lazy stops you putting your hands down uh sorry keeping your guard down and all stuff like that so that's the only thing i'm concerned about really is sort of being being lazy um getting lazy but at the end of the day i suppose if i'm not fighting it doesn't matter so much but i I still need to appear i still need to be sharp um you know in order to pass that on if you get what i mean so with you saying you've not got plans to fight again and i'm going to come on to how how we got in touch we found each other through a I got in t- you got in touch with me, I got in touch with you through a Transplant Games sports team. Yeah. Have you got plans to compete at the British Transplant Games, World Transplant Games, European Transplant Games in the future? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, I'm not sure what sports um, I do. I've not. I've, I've seen some of the support, some of the sports, but, you know, I'm, I'm five foot six, I'm about 10 stones, so running, throwing, I'm not sure how good I'd be at stuff like that, but... Um, no, I definitely want to be involved in some way. I haven't been yet myself. Next year's in Leeds, so fingers crossed that goes ahead. But the, from the list that you've seen, and if anyone else wants to have a look at it, I think it's on the British Transplant Games website for the sports that have been on in previous years. Is there anything that sort of caught your eye and maybe that uh, the skills you've learned from your Thai boxing might help with? I don't... Nothing's really caught my eye, but I'd love to you know I, i'm the type of person i'd love to try anything so i'd love to try 
any of the supports really. I, know, I wouldn't mind if I got a thrashing in table tennis or anything like that. You know, it'd just be just to be there really, doing sport and being with people in a similar situation. I think it'd be cracking. Yeah, I think it's from the people I've spoken to who've competed there. They've all said, I think you do four events, uh, and they just said try something new, try as many as you want, and it's all about coming together with other people who've been through the same experience and yeah. thanking the live donors, thanking the donor families and a big celebration of transplants as a whole. Steve was saying on the on the last episode, which at the time of recording, you won't have heard because I only recorded it last week. Um, he was saying that competitors, so the recipients get a red T-shirt, spectators get a green T-shirt and all the live donors that go are in a pink T-shirt. So you know exactly who's donated and he was saying as soon as you like when you walk in in the area during the games you'll pass someone in a pink t-shirt and people will go oh thank you thank you you've you've saved someone's life so it's i think it sounds like quite a nice emotional at times but a great atmosphere to be involved in oh definitely yeah as long as the the donors aren't expecting us to you know wash the socks or anything like that then uh no as long as a thank you is enough for them but no i i, I imagine it's it's a really nice you know, uh, really nice place to be, really nice atmosphere. You know, everyone's everyone's been through the same thing because that, that's the thing really from day to day life. You know, you very rarely, certainly in my experience, speak to anyone who's even suffering with kidney problems, never mind has been through a transplant. So imagine where you're spending, uh, is it a week or, or four days or, or is it over a fortnight? I'm not too sure. I think the British one is over... I think it's over a weekend. I think last year it was meant to be Thursday to Sunday or Thursday to Monday. Um, but yeah, so a few days and you're all all in the same area, all together. Well, that's it. I imagine because you've all been through, you've all got shared experiences, haven't you? So you know you can always even learn about things like different apps that you can use, or just I think just sharing experiences and being with people that are similar to yourself is uh, yeah, it'd be a really nice, really nice thing to do. And since you've had your transplant, have you found that speaking to other people who've been through the same experience of you has helped sort of learn more about it and also to cope with it better? Yeah, I think pre-transplant and post-transplant, you know, just finding out people's experiences, it sort of gives you a heads up as to what to what to expect or like say how to cope with it and how other people are coping with it and how you can you can learn from them i remember i think it was before going in for the the neckline i was in a kidney support group and i just asked you know had anyone had it and what their experience was and you know i had loads of people coming back to me telling me about their experiences some of it not very good um which is a bit worrying to read another but the majority saying you know it was fine so i think having that support network in place which is particularly prevalent on social media is uh yeah it can help you cope with things and and also realize what to expect to a certain degree it's a great community to be a part of everyone's so supportive i've found through the cricket team transmat games team that we're involved in young adult kidney group various patient support groups that are out there everyone's there for each other everyone's willing to help out offer advice and just be there for a chat really Absolutely, yeah. So, how, so how I know you're asking the questions, but how does the cricket work then in terms of uh, not taking impacts to, you know, transplant area? Uh, so, it's played in as a way cricket would normally be played, 
a lot of people choose to wear extra extra protection. So I wear what would be a chest guard uh, on my hip, upside down, and then that covers the whole abdomen, just yeah. to minimise the impact. I mean, if you do get hit, it just distributes the impact of it and reduces the risk. I, I do have something similar. So you can get a, I'm sure you may know or may not know from boxing and tie boxing, you can wear like a groin guard. Um, but I've found a groin guard, which is sort of a bit larger than I would usually wear, but it's, it goes up to just above my belly button and it's really, you know, quite a thick padded thing. Um, and I, and I tend to wear that a lot of the time, even though I'm, you know, I'm putting myself out of harm's way. It's, I think it's still important to have something like that just in case. Yeah. It's a confidence booster as well. I'd say. Yeah. I oh, know. I'd agree with that. Definitely. I actually, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually wore one for a few cricket sessions. Oh yeah, a boxing abdo guard. It came up to sort of, as you say, just above your belly button, yeah, rib height, but struggled to run in it. <laughs> well, I'd have to hit the ball to be able to run. So. <laughs> so, a few more things to ask before before we wrap it up. What are your your goals, your plans going forward with the transplant? Um, with the transplant specifically. Uh, just in general, how you might use it going forward, what you plan to do with it? Uh, well, use it to filter my blood mainly, but, um, <laughs> no, sorry. Um, just, just really just keep it as healthy as possible and keep it out of harm's way. Um, I, I think, you know, with the, the tie boxing sort of half of that's been shut off to me now in terms of what I can, what I can do, um, but I'd, I'd still like to keep my hand in with that, absolutely. But I think it's also maybe finding some other sports where I can still be competitive, but be be safe. But really, in terms of the, the kidney, just keep it going for as long as possible. Absolutely. That's exactly the same for me. Keep it going and try new sports. Keep that going. Absolutely. It's really uh, for your mental and your th- physical health, it's really key that you do at least something, You know, even if it's only a few walks a week. I think you know anything you can do to boost your mental and physical health is is going to last you in the long run, really, isn't it? Absolutely. And the last thing, which I'm going to ask everyone who comes on, I think people like to hear your response to this as someone who's still fairly new to the transplant world. Uh, what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone facing a transplant? Oh, um... That's a very good question. The first thing that popped into my head, based on my experience, and it's going to be really negative, is it's not a cure. It don't, you know, it might not necessarily take. But that's really, that's, that's, I'm sorry, but that's the first thing that came into my head. That's a really sort of negative thing. It's, it's very real. I think a common misconception would be that you've got a transplant, you're fine, you're cured. When, although it does improve your health, quite significantly in a lot of people it's it's still a treatment rather than a cure there's still a lot that goes on with it every day is not the same there's still medication to take every day for the rest of your life i'd, I'd say don't don't let it try not to let it get you down as well i know it's really really easy to sit to say and this is where sport can particularly help and support groups as well like we've mentioned but you know don't let it get you down. It's get, you, Once you realise 
that um, you know kidney disease and everything that comes with it is more than likely with you for your rest of your life uh, then you can start to you know see it as part of you do you know what I mean and, and cope with it from there absolutely I think people would really benefit from listening to this hearing your story so thank you very much for coming on I've really enjoyed it I hope you have I hope it's not been too grilling <laughs> no no Lewis it's been it's been really good and uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing as well I'm looking forward to hearing the other episodes hopefully some more interesting people than me <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, been, <laughs> it's been great I've, we're not, I don't think there'll be many if any other people coming on the podcast who do the sport that you've done and teach what you're teaching and through that your knowledge making an impact on other people's lives giving them a stress I imagine it's a big stress reliever the boxing training it is yeah my my only thing now is uh you know with is working out which of the medications sort of thin your bones and then uh try not to kick pads too hard once i'm once i'm on those i know it's you know years away potentially but um but no it's a it's a really good stress reliever and i would say you know if you're not an, i'm not an aggressive person uh you know i would say if you can get yourself a bag and some gloves or get someone you know the old pads for you it's a great stress reliever absolutely there we go thank you very much for listening uh big thank you to my guest today a fighter in more ways than one reese owen i've been lewis daniels and you've been listening to transplants take on sport hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.